Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 30 of the Hooper's Log. Yes, it is episode 30 here on our daily version of the Hooper's Log on CLNS Radio through blogtalkradio.com in the FanDuel studios. The phone number is 323-642-1558. I don't have Andrew on the line right now. Hopefully he'll come on eventually. If not, we're going to get it going, and we're going to get it going fast. Yes, we had quite the show. I don't know why it says Tuesday weekend recap. It does. I think it's because I was supposed to have a nightly show last night. We didn't. We're having a regular show today. It's 60 minutes. I don't know what's going on. The point is, is we're 10 days away from Christmas. Yes, your holiday season is in full effect here on the Hoopers Log. Last night was quite, quite the night in the NBA. If Andrew Norris gets on the line here, eventually we'll get him on and we'll get him going again. My name is Simo Buckets. SimoBuckets.com is my website personally where you can go and you can check out things about me and who I am and, talk, and look at more things about the show. Obviously, we'll talk more about the NBA here in just a moment. Uh, episode 30. Wow, we're already 30 episodes in. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, thank you again for listening. Uh, share the show as much as you can. Try and get the show as popular as we can. we got about a month and a half until really the NBA gets going. I mean, you obviously have the Super Bowl coming up. In early February and after that, really basketball just takes off and just and just we just run with it after that. Uh, and outside of that, the uh, the basketball landscape will get bigger once the Super Bowl is over. And we got about a month and a half left until that begins. Um, and as I mentioned, you have the uh, you have the you know for for those of you that don't know, I am a Minnesota Vikings fan. And what they did last uh, Thursday Hit back. Here nice. it is. The season's oh, on the God. line. Two receivers no. left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. I wouldn't call it that dramatic. I mean, I wouldn't call it that dramatic of of a loss last Thursday. I mean, obviously the Vikings lost and they got beat, uh, and it was rather a depressing end to a ball game. That was the 2003 Vikings Cardinals game when the Vikings were, I believe, they started the season seven and two, and then they lost their last eight game or they lost their last uh, five six games, and they finished the season nine and seven, and they couldn't quite get to the postseason. That was a while back. For those of you that are super young and, and don't even remember that, the Vikings were 
really good that year with Culpepper and Moss and and Robert Smith and you name it, and they just could not quite finish the bell, and they, they got they couldn't quite get it done. But that was a while back. That was football. This is the NBA. This is basketball. I got quite a bit of things I want to get to today. Uh, Andrew Norris, when he gets on the line, if he gets on the line, I don't know where he's at. We'll figure it out. We'll eventually get him here. But for now, let's just get the show going. Let's get it going, Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. There were 10 games in the NBA last night. We'll recap them real quick, and we'll get to some topics here as we move forward. Definitely game of the night last night, and this is the game I wanted to talk to Andrew Norris about. He's probably depressed, as you all know. But the Los Angeles Clippers getting the victory 105-103 to in Detroit. Two whiteboard-worthy performances in this one. Blake Griffin for 34 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. He had a 53 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale, and Reggie Jackson had the performance of the night. Guy went 34 points, 11 rebounds, and seven assists, a 59 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. This was, this was game of the night by far. Went to overtime. Uh, Jamal Crawford hit the game winner, uh, making it 105-103 for the Clippers. They were down by one. With about five, ten seconds left in the ball game, and Jamal Crawford hits a corner, semi-corner three-pointer to take a two-point lead for the Los Angeles Clippers. A dagger in the heart of the Detroit Pistons. They are now 14 and 12, and the Clippers are 15 and 10. I'm telling you, it looks like the Clippers are back. It looks like they are back and ready to stay for good. Right now, they are hovering at a four spot in the Western Conference. They're a game up on the Dallas Mavericks, who are the five spot right now. Oklahoma City's about a game and a half up on on L.A. Clippers. And then you got the Spurs and Warriors hovering around at the top. Speaking of the San Antonio Spurs last night, good golly. You talk about a dominating performance by them. Absolutely throttled the Utah Jazz. 118. Get, get this score. 118 to 81. You talk about just an absolute blowout by the San Antonio Spurs last night. They killed them. At one point, they were up by 50. At one point, they were up by 50 on the Utah Jazz. This game was not as close as the score indicates. Trust me. It says 118 to 81. Believe me, it was more of a blowout than that the entire game. The Spurs go to 21 and 5. The Jazz obviously are now 10 and 13. Another performance, another game matchup of the night that didn't quite pan out to what it should have been was the Raptors at Pacers. Yes, the Raptors, 90-106. They lose to the Indiana Pacers. Pacers win. They're now 14-9 and on the season, 8-3 and at home. 106-90 to was the victory. They, they dominated in this one. This, again, was not indicative of what the score was. You're talking about now a Pacers team spot in the, in the Eastern Conference. I know the Eastern Conference is very parity-driven. You have the Pistons, who are now hovering outside of a playoff spot. And they're three games back of first place. It's it's crazy how close the Eastern Conference is with the the the, t- the ten top ten teams in the Eastern Conference. It's all separated by three games. We clearly have a lot of basketball left to go. And uh, as we move forward here, um, this this Eastern Conference is not anywhere anywhere near what needs to be set forward. Uh, Demar Derozan had Player of the Week in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to get to that here in a moment. The Raptors lose again, ninety to one hundred six. They're now sixteen and ten. Uh, I believe they're still at a top three spot in the in the Eastern Conference. They're they're right behind the Bulls now, where the Bulls got the victory over the Seventy Sixers last night, one fifteen to ninety six. The Seventy Sixers, one and twenty five, zero and fifteen on the road. They're setting all kinds of historically bad records, and this and this and this Philadelphia Seventy Sixers just cannot quite get it done. They can't quite get out of their own way 
The Bulls get the victory. They're now 14 and 8. They're hovering around that two spot in the Eastern Conference. The Heat beat the Hawks 100 to 88. This is one of those games where you saw really that the Heat are coming into this 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 season now for real. I think this Miami Heat team is turning into a legit contender, not as a championship contender, but a team to really compete in the Eastern Conference and potentially potentially get to the Eastern Conference championship. It's a potential. They're beating this Hawks team the way they did last night handily. They beat them every single quarter except the fourth, and they only lost by one point in the fourth quarter. The Hawks, they're kind of looking like the team we expected. They're a good team, 14-12, and 12, not bad. First 26 games of the season, they're looking good. Um, and considering how parity-driven the Eastern Conference is, that's not a bad record at all. But when you got a team like the Miami Heat now 14-9, and nine, three games up on you in the loss column, it just starts to show maybe the Hawks aren't as good or as talented as we thought they were coming into this season. Maybe they weren't. Maybe last year was a mirage. I don't think anyone's far fetched from saying that and saying that that might have been a mirage type season last year for the for the Atlanta Hawks. Fourteen and twelve at this point in time of the year is not good enough to get sixty wins. They're not going to sniff the sixty win mark this year. They have to almost go. Uh, what's the record now? So twenty six games in, they have to go six or so six. So they have to go forty six. And they have to go 46-10 and 10 the rest of the way just to have 60 wins on the year. I don't see that happening. I don't think they're going to be able to do that, especially with starting 14-12 and 12 as of now. So Atlanta Hawks are now 14-12. and 12. Speaking of another team that's really coming up through the pack, the Magic, 13-11 and 11 now as they beat the Nets, 105-82. to 82. Nikola Vucevic had a great game, 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Jared Jack had 15 points and 7 assists for the Nets. You talk about a game there for the Orlando Magic, beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Look, they're now hovering in the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Again, you're going to have a lot of teams hover in and out of that bottom spot in the Eastern Conference, and you're seeing the Orlando Magic do what they need to do against teams that are not as worthy as they are. The Washington Wizards just get destroyed by the Grizzlies last night, 112-95. Marcus all white forward the performance, 24 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, five, 3 blocks. And a 51 in the white forward the performance scale. He absolutely dominated last night the big man position. Obviously, we're going to fix the big man's stuff coming up in about 10 days on Christmas Day. We'll get that figured out. And then after Christmas Day, we will give out the new white forward the performance scale uh, from there on out. It, 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 it needs to be a little bit updated, and we'll fix it then uh, Christmas Day. Suns lose to the Mavericks. Another fantastic matchup that didn't quite pan out. As the Mavericks win 104 to 94 over the Suns, the Mavericks are now 14 and 11. The Suns are 11 and 15. Eric Bledsoe had a great game, 23.7 assists, five rebounds. Not quite wipe worthy performance, but an outstanding game at that. And then you talk about a game last night where I, I mean, I've already been losing faith in this team, but this Houston Rockets ball club, I, I, I mean, good lord, yes, they had an outstanding second quarter. They were down 36-22 to 22 after the first. They came back. They took the lead at half. And then in the third quarter, I was watching the game. They were up by 10 at one point. And it just – you watch the way this Rockets team plays. They are so individualistic. There is no real ball movement on that team. It's really a three-man game every single time they run up and down the court. Either it's Trevor Ariza, James Harden, uh, Dwight Howard, it's someone who's individually based trying to get the offense started. This team has no identity on the offensive side of the court. And when you watched this third quarter and going into the early portion of the fourth quarter last night, you saw this team crumble. They crumbled against a team that is not ready when it comes to being a, a contender or anywhere near someone who can compete in the NBA right now in the Denver Nuggets. 
And they got destroyed. They did. They, the, this score was not indicative of what actually happened. The Nuggets win 114-108 to 108 over, the, over the Rockets from last night on a Monday in the NBA. And you saw a team in the Rockets really a blueprint for how to beat them. You play, you play consistent. You spread the floor. You get one guy who can play well and then spread the rest of the team out, play team ball, and you grind. And that's what this Nuggets team last night, they grinded as far as they could into this game, and they beat a Rockets team with all the talent that they have, and they dominated. They did. They dominated that second half against the Rockets, and it, it, it just it's just more indicative. I mean, this was a game where the Rockets were up by 10 at one point in the third quarter, and then coming into the fourth quarter, they were down by 12. I mean, it was weird to watch this game and to see this Nuggets team come back the way they did and dominate, really, over this Rockets team. Uh, again, the score was not indicative of what actually happened. The Nuggets won one fourteen to one hundred eight. It was just, it was just one of those games where you watch the Rockets and you're like, yeah, I don't believe in them. And honestly, from this point forward until they can prove to me otherwise, which I don't really see happening anytime soon, I don't believe in this Rockets team right now. As of January, excuse me, December fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen. I'm not a believer in this Rockets team anymore. 12-13 and 13 in the Western Conference, hovering around 500, not really having an identity, not playing tough on the defensive side of the ball, kind of being lackadaisical in many major portions of the game. I don't believe in this team. I don't believe in the Houston Rockets right now. I don't. And I think the Denver Nuggets, the way they won last night, proves that this Houston Rockets team really isn't for real, and I don't think they have a chance of winning the championship. And, I'm, and I am more than willing to say that as of now. On December 15, 2015, last night, last game in the NBA, Terrell Blazers beat the Pelicans 105 to 101. Pelicans, Anthony Davis, 28 points, nine rebounds. Damian Lillard, an outstanding game. He had 30 points, three assists, three rebounds. Blazers win their 11th game. I mean, we're heading into the halfway point, and the Blazers are already outperforming what we thought they would do this entire year. I mean, they're playing outstanding basketball. They're hovering just under 500. They're about the same. They're pretty much the same as what the Phoenix Suns are. If you can hang with the Phoenix Suns this year as the Trailblazers with that type of talent that they have, you're doing something special. I think the Trailblazers are playing outstanding basketball considering the talent that they have uh, disposed to them. And out there in Portland last night, they got the victory 105-101. to As, again, they moved to 11-15. and The Pelicans dropped to 6-18. and Talking of the New Orleans Pelicans, a team really where, you know, they got to pick it up soon. I mean, they're playing in a conference where – Maybe it's not as strong as years past, but 6-18 and 18 is not a record that's going to get you anywhere anytime fast. This may turn into a situation where things start to explode in New Orleans from the standpoint of, look, they might start trading some guys, getting rid of some players because they just can't quite fill the need there, and they don't need them if they're at this bad this, this early. 1-12 on the road. That is not going to cut it in the NBA. When you have that bad of a record on the road, it clearly means there's some personnel issues. And obviously they've had some injuries, but personnel-wise, they're just not there as a team. I think the firing of their coach from last season was just uncalled for. And now having their new coach, not to rip him, but to be honest, this team's not prepared to win in the Western Conference anytime soon. Again, Pelicans 6-18 and this early in the season. Talk about pressing the panic button. I think it's time to do so in New Orleans. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, and th- that's the recap from the NBA, I-, I don't see Andrew Norris on the line. He's probably got something going on, probably super busy when it comes to his ability to get on the show. That's okay. We're 15 minutes in. If you'd like to call in and talk about the show, we're going to talk about players of the week here in a second. We're going to compare some players. Again, I'd like to have him on the show, but he's clearly not here. We'll get it going. We'll get it figured out. Um, 
players of the week from last from last week in the NBA. Kevin Durant in the Western Conference, no problem with that. I think Kevin Durant has really stepped up and shown that he's become one of the more go-to guys in the NBA. I mean, he clearly has won an MVP. He's been to an NBA Finals. He knows what it takes to succeed in the NBA. But And he's proven it over this last week. There's no debate that he deserves to get that award. Here's my problem. Eastern Conference Player of the Week. You know who it was? I was saying it last night, yesterday, excuse me, in the early edition of the show. John Wall should have gotten it. Look, John Wall averaged a 26 points per game, just a shade under 12 assists a game. A shade under 12 assists a game, averaging just a little over five rebounds a game. And the team went 2-2, two and two, don't get me wrong. They didn't play super well last week. But John Wall was off the chain with his stat line. I mean, it was almost every single night he had a white forward performance last weekend, or excuse me, last week. And who got it? DeMar DeRozan. Yes, I understand the team went 4-0. and They beat the Spurs. DeMar DeRozan didn't play too bad. He had 23 points per game. I get it. He played well, He and I love DeMar DeRozan. I am one to sit here and tell you that I love a guy in DeMar DeRozan. But you've got to be kidding me with this, right? Just because the team went 4-0 and beat the San Antonio Spurs doesn't mean that you should just automatically give the number one scorer on that team the, the player of the week in the NBA. Look, John Wall had an unbelievable week last week. Yes, his team only went 2-2, two and two, but if we just graded the player of the week based upon wins and losses, look, Steph Curry would get it every single week this year. He would because the team's gone 24-1, and one, and they're on the verge of going 25-1 and one as they play tonight, potentially, in the NBA. Uh, actually, they don't play tonight. They play tomorrow night. The point is, is if, if we're going off of record when it comes to this, you know, this situation, when it comes to players of the week, we'd be giving it to Steph Curry every single time, and we're not because guess what? There are other players who are outperforming Steph Curry when it comes to their stat line. And seeing a guy like DeMar DeRozan overtake John Wall the way he's been playing over the last week it's pitiful. It's pathetic. I, I think it is a joke to the award. And granted, it's just an award. And, and to be honest, awards in general, from my perspective, are kind of a joke. Um, the only awards I care about are the ones at the end of the season, to be honest with you. But outside of that, when it comes to awards during the season, during you know each month, each week, coach of the month, coach of the year, all, I mean, excuse me, coach of the month, coach of the week, well, all that stuff, I honestly think that with this award, ah, excuse me, Yawning. Uh, with this award, when it comes to the way John Wall performed last week, I don't know how you can't give it to him. And how DeMar DeRozan got it with the lack of stat line that he had compared to John Wall, it, it just becomes a joke to me. And I understand that you can make the case for a guy like Russell Westbrook for a majority of this season, that you can make the case that he could have been player of the week pretty much every single week this year. And I think he's only gotten it once, if I'm not mistaken, if not at all this year. And you can make the case that he's been robbed multiple times, and you can make that de- make that debate. But John Wall, with the way he played last week against some really good teams in Dallas, um, he, he played a lot of good games this past week. And to make the case that he's not going to get it. I mean, look, look at this. On December 7th on Monday, in a 114-103 win over Miami, who's been playing great basketball as of late, 26.7 assists. December 9th, a loss to Houston. Now, granted, Houston hasn't been playing well, and I just talked about how poorly they've been playing as of late. 26 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, and 3 steals. That's a white boy with the performance. December 11th, a loss to New Orleans. Again, they should have won that game, but it's New Orleans, and it's tough sometimes, especially when Tyreek Evans is out on the floor. Uh, 26 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds. Another white boy with the performance by John Wall. 
December 12th, and they win over Dallas. The game I just mentioned, 114 to 111, 26 points, 16 assists, five rebounds, and two blocks. And they're not going to give him Eastern Conference Player of the Week? Come on, man. Come on, man. That's a joke. I, I, I think that is that is an absolute joke to awarding someone just because they've been winning, giving them the award. Look, and I understand the MVP in the NBA is an award that you give the players who have been playing well on a good team and a and a a team that really has you know a team that really has succeeded over over the time of the season. You give really the best player on that team the MVP because without them, they probably wouldn't be where they're at. I get that, but. DeMar DeRozan, you can make the case, yes, they beat the Spurs. They went 4-0 last week. You can make the case that, look, DeMar DeRozan's output was not as valuable as John Wall. If you don't have John Wall in that game against the uh, Dallas Mavericks on the 12th of December uh, the last weekend, or if you don't have him in that game against the Miami Heat, I can guarantee you they don't win that ball game. And I can guarantee you in those other games against Houston and New Orleans, they don't even come close. They lost to New Orleans by two. They lost to Houston by six. They don't come close in those games if John Wall's not on the basketball court. And so for that, you've got to make the distinction between, look, what are we going to give the player of the week for? A guy who is on a good team winning that week or a guy who actually played his balls off and a guy like John Wall? Look, and I get it. Again, like I mentioned, Russell Westbrook has probably been robbed out of the award this year multiple times. But look, John Wall's performances last week, 26 points per game, just a shade under 12 assists per game and a shade under five rebounds per game. That's ridiculous. That's averaging a trip. That's averaging a whiteboard worthy performance every single day. That's unbelievable stuff. And he just got completely overlooked considering he plays on the Washington Wizards who have not been playing great basketball this season. Again, you're listening live to the Hoopers Log here through CLNS Radio, through the Blog Talk Radio uh, studio with the, with the FanDuel Studios here on CLNS, episode 30 of the Hoopers Log. My name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is not in today. I cannot see him. I don't know where he's at. We'll figure it out. We'll get him on eventually if he does decide to call into the show. A couple other things I want to talk about before I move forward. The 76ers team last night lost another game to the Chicago Bulls, and they got dominated. I believe it was 115 to 96. Philadelphia is now 1 and 25, and I'm sure you've been hearing throughout the media as of late that this team is being under under haul when it comes to their when it comes to their ability to really be successful. And look, their general manager, their their organization, their 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 uppers, those people are not setting this team up for success. They have turned into a team that realistically is playing like a team that, that, that can't even compete in college. They're, they're, being, they're being treated like a college team, to be honest. Look, they get a guy, they draft a guy, they look at better talent, and then they decide to trade him because they want to build for the quote-unquote future. This team's been building for the future for like three or four years now. This team has not had any sustainability when it comes to success. And considering that, Adam Silver is finally back in the, in the thick of things trying to get this team back up to speed and being relevant again. Look, I don't know what else to say other than the fact that this team in the in the Philadelphia 76ers, they're, they're, they're historically – they're on a level of potentially being one of the more historically poor teams in NBA history with what they're doing. One in 25. Think about that. We are on the 15th of December, and they already have 25 losses. I mean, think about that. 26 games in. 25 losses. This team could easily finish the season with 70 losses. Look, it's not too far-fetched to say that this team might not even win 10 games this year. And if they can't win 10 games, look, I think they should just have a complete overhaul of that organization, 
fire everybody, uh, trade players that aren't in it to win it, and just look at this team and, and rebuild and, and completely – and I'm not saying they're already in rebuild mode, but they need to completely redo everything because clearly nothing's working there. Nothing. If you're 1-25 and you know your team hasn't been successful at all for the – now, if they had just come into this year and had a horrible stretch of basketball, look, I think everyone would have sympathy, but no one has sympathy for this team because they've been so bad for two or three years now that nothing's being done about it. Finally, finally, a guy – and Adam Silver has finally stepped in and said, look, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable basketball, unacceptable quality of basketball. It needs to be fixed. And he's finally stepping in to get something done. And that's been needed to happen for a very long time in this organization. And you've been hearing the rumors that, that this team is starting to get uh, leaked out and branched and trying to get spread out to become a better overall organization, which is good. It's an outstanding thing to hear about. Hopefully they do. And hopefully here over the next couple of years, they can finally get back to somewhat of relevancy because as of right now, I don't think this team can beat a D league team. I don't think this team can beat the Kentuckys of last year or, you know, 2012. I don't think this team can beat some of the best teams in college basketball. Look, I understand they're all professional athletes. I understand they're all, all Americans at, you know, back in the day when they were in, when they were in high school, definitely in high school and definitely most of them in college. I get it. But it gets to a point where they might not even be able to compete with those teams because they don't even have an identity. They don't even have anything. Look, it's that bad. It's that bad now. Look, last year was bad. This year is is on a whole other level of bad. This is so bad that I don't even know if they can beat the best overall, like Oak Hill Academy in in Ohio. That 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 high school has known to just breed all Americans in the in the state of in the world of basketball when it comes to high schools. I don't know if they can beat the all-time Oakville team if you put all the high school players in their high school days at their best in high school. If they could, if they could beat them. That's how bad this team is. They're just so bad when it comes to their ability to come down and, and, and create any kind of offense, stop anyone on the defensive side of the ball. It's awful, and, and it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to talk about realistically because it's so awful and so pathetic. When you talk about a 1-25 team like this, and you can't do anything but say, look, this is, this is just bad. This is the way it is. There's nothing we can do. And we knew coming into this year that they had no chance. And they still, they, they still prove us that they, they don't have a chance. We had a team like Portland we were talking about potentially being the worst team in the NBA. They're now 11-15. and 15. They're hanging around. They're doing something. They're way better than we thought they'd be. We thought, Andrew and I thought they'd be a team that would have five wins coming into this part of the season, which wouldn't have been unexpected. They have 11. They're hanging in there. They're, they're making a name for themselves. They're doing something. They lost four of their five starters, and they are a team that is still hanging in the Western Conference picture, just barely, but they're there at least. They're making an effort. Damian Lillard's still playing out of his mind. If you put Damian Lillard on this Phoenix Suns team, excuse me, this Philadelphia 76ers team, I don't think they'd change. I don't think they change. I think they may have one or two more victories, but still, that's 3-23. and 23. That's 2-24. and 24. That's still awful. I don't think this team has any kind of help coming its way. They need legitimately like two or three superstars to come in there and help revamp everything, maybe a new coach, maybe a new – just everything new. Just change it, and, and they can't find a way to fix it, and somehow they can't find a way to get it going there when it comes to that organization in Philadelphia. Um, again, nothing really happened in the world of college basketball last night. Um, there was a topic I want to talk to Andrew about. We'll, go, we'll probably talk to, talk to him about it tomorrow. Refs reacting to players and their, you know, whenever they go to the hoop or whenever they feel a foul is committed, 
they they come into they come into you know each play as if oh I got fouled oh I got hacked or blah blah blah. We'll talk about that when Andrew's on the show tomorrow, most likely. Um, again, I don't know where he's at. We'll get it figured out sometime today. Uh, we'll feel we'll get it we'll get it situated here in just a little bit. Um, and if he does come on the show, he's texting me right now. We'll get it figured out. But that's the situation. Um, apparently, his phone's down. There's some things going on with Verizon. It happens. Look, Andrew, we're we're here for you. It's all good. Don't worry about it. We'll get you on the show next time if you're hearing, if you're listening. No problem. No problem. Don't worry about it. Um, but I'll talk to him about that tomorrow. We'll talk about the refs reacting, the players' reactions when they feel like they got fouled. Again, you're listening to live to the Hoopers Log. If you'd like to call in, 323-642-1558. If you don't basketball, prove it at FanDuel.com. Go there and check it out. Again, click on the uh, promo code CELTICS, and you can get your $50 back. Yeah, or your five, your ten dollars back uh, per uh, losing entry. If you don't win, we'll get you some money back on that account. Um, we were going to compare players again today as well, but again, Andrew's not here, and I want to get his take on that. Uh, we'll we'll get that again sometime later on down the road. Um, a lot of things I would have liked to talk about today if Andrew was here, but he's not. So we'll we'll move we'll move forward, and we'll just break down what's going to happen tonight. We're going to have Matt Moore from CBS on the show eventually at some point. We'll probably have him sometime this week. I don't know the exact date, so uh, keep an eye out for that, or keep an ear out. <laughs> it's radio. Um, and uh, what, what's going to happen tonight in the world of basketball? Think about it. The world of basketball tonight. Four games, nothing special, nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, you got some games in college basketball with some ranked teams playing. Duke's playing nobody. Cincinnati, UCLA, they're not playing really anybody in particular, so there's no need to talk about the world of college basketball there. But in the world of the NBA, four games. Four games on the docket. We'll just end the show early. We've got about a minute left. We'll end the show early. Again, uh, no one's calling in. No one's here. It's totally cool. It's really kind of a slow day here on the Hooper's Log, considering we don't have anyone else to break anything down. Um, yeah, we've got about a minute left on the show. Um, tonight in the world of basketball, four games, no games on national television, two games on NBA TV, Cavaliers at the Celtics. Uh, Celtics are favored by a point. Take them. They're going to win. They're going to get it done. The Celtics win. They're right there behind the Cavs. 14-10 and 10 right now. Cavaliers 15-7. and 7. I think the Celtics will keep it close, but the Cavs will win. They're favored by one. Take the one for the Cavs. Minus one. They're going to get the victory. Nuggets and Timberwolves. The way the Nuggets played last night, it'll be tough to come back and beat. I think the Timberwolves will win. They're favored by six. Take the six. They'll get it done. They'll win that one. Rockets and Kings as well. Take the Kings minus the one and a half. I don't believe in the Rockets, and especially with the way their Marcus Cousins is playing. Take them. Bucks and Lakers. Bucks are favored by four. Take the Bucks in that one. They'll dominate the Lakers tonight. Take all of the teams, favor the favorites, and get it done. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic day and enjoy your night of basketball and enjoy the rest of this week. See you tomorrow. Episode 31 tomorrow, baby. Peace.